Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I wanted to talk out some concepts that I feel will be very helpful for you if you are pregnant, if you are postpartum, or if you work with different pregnant and postpartum athletes. Because we have to understand how to go about thinking about this season in our lifetime of athleticism if we want to go about implementing the, quote, right approach for navigating our training and our body and all of the changes that can occur. So with that, I'm going to be talking about the framework that I use, that I've used for myself, at least during my second pregnancy. I've used with multiple athletes from professional athletes to just the everyday mom that I've coached and how I've really structured my business when I am teaching fellow coaching professionals, practitioners, et cetera, to go about this whole person way of communicating and approaching training during these seasons. I totally understand that there are so many different overwhelming opinions and information out there, and it can be really hard to navigate what is right for you and right advice. And my the first thing I want to say is that right and best is totally relative. There is no set right or best approach, but the one I'm going to be sharing today is an approach that is all-encompassing and is able to be zoomed out in order to make zoomed in adjustments and choices. And that's what I feel we have to shift our thinking to when it comes to being a pregnant or postpartum athlete, coaching this population, and then being able to figure out, again, once we can understand a zoomed out approach, what that actually means for nuanced decisions when you're more in the moment or in these seasons or wondering how to adjust this exercise or when I should stop doing this or when I should start doing that, et cetera. So with that, here is the framework for coaching pregnant athletes. When I'm first working with a pregnant athlete, again, this could be a novice athlete, someone who's maybe super recreational, goes to CrossFit a few days a week, maybe goes to a boot camp or yoga consistently, like literally anything. And this is a reminder that an athlete in my book is anybody who is pursuing consistent fitness across a spectrum of interest and a spectrum of ability. So this does not just mean that it is for high-level competitive athletes. This really is all-encompassing for anybody who is pursuing fitness in any capacity. So now that's out of the way. The pregnancy coaching framework that I use is initially when somebody comes to me and they tell me that they're pregnant, they want to know what to do, what not to do. My first conversation with them is getting some input on what their athletic history is and what their goals are for when they are postpartum. What do they want their life to look like as a new mom? Not just in the early seasons and the trenches of like, what the heck just happened, 
But like at that one or two years postpartum mark, what do you want to be doing with your fitness? At least with what's realistic right now, right? What they wish right now. But with that, I take into consideration, who are they? Have How long have they been participating in CrossFit? Or how long have they been running? Or did they grow up dancing? Did they grow up um, participating in gymnastics? All of these things give me a good idea of what they are potentially predisposed to as far as like their core and their pelvic health, maybe some symptoms that they have previously, because again, like incontinence is not something that is reserved for pregnancy and postpartum only. There are plenty of young female athletes that pee their pants when they do a vault, for example, in gymnastics or have pelvic organ prolapse and they're dancers and they've grown up doing that. Um, there's a lot of different core and pelvic health symptoms that exist prior to pregnancy and postpartum. So getting an idea of what their activity and sports were growing up, what they've consistently been doing during the past, you know, five-ish years of their life. And then again, what they're wanting to do when they become athlete moms, like what do they want their fitness and lifestyle to look like? Does that mean they want to go back to boot camp three days a week? Does that mean they want to do CrossFit five days a week? I want to know what their goals are. Is it Meaning like, okay, I want to go to the Olympics. Some athletes, that's truly their goal is what they want to get back to is that high level performance on a timeline. Now, most of us don't have a set or rigid timeline that we must abide by, right? But with that, we also tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves that, well, I don't want to look like I've had a baby. That was sort of my, like, I call it like my toxic, uh, <laughs> toxic approach during my first pregnancy. It was like, I just didn't want to look like I had a baby. I didn't want to look like a mom, whatever that meant. Um, I just wanted to get back to what I enjoyed doing and a body that I felt confident in. And while we can all understand the sentiment of that, that wasn't necessarily the healthiest approach for embracing a new identity and season in my lifetime. And it made it really, really hard. So if I'm looking at an athlete who wants to navigate her training during pregnancy so that she has the best chance at doing the activities she wants to do postpartum, the fitness she wants to pursue, the performance levels she desires, all of those things that I'm going to get a full inventory of what she did before, what she wants to do after. And that's going to help me guide really specific training choices during pregnancy. So many of us have been told, just keep doing what you've always done. If you, you know, like if you were doing it before, you can keep doing it now. Um, or well, don't start exercising. If you weren't exercising before, now is not the time to start. And all of these things are not true. And also, if we tell an athlete, well, just listen to your body, well, athletes are typically used to pushing boundaries and being able to like kind of maintain. And they're really motivated to preserve their abilities for as long as they can. Like if they're runners, they're like, well, I want to keep running, right? I want to keep running this speed with this kind of cadence, with this um this mileage, they want to maintain that. And so many of us have been trained to think, well, if I'm maintaining, then that means it's going to make my postpartum a lot easier. And that is just not the case. And I say this as somebody who has done this twice personally, and I have coached thousands of people, including professional athletes, because again, if we are zoomed out, we're able to say what, it's not about what you want to do or think you should do right now. It's more about what's going to give you the best chance to pursue this lifetime of athleticism. We're trying to mitigate risk of symptoms and injuries, et cetera, at least in the ways we can control. So how we train during pregnancy really freaking matters. It's not about, can I do something? It's about, 
should I do something? So while I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, I do want to acknowledge that. Again, we're really trying to look at who they were before, who they want to be after, and what does that mean for right now? So we can, with that, acknowledge some of their experiences, predispositions, tendencies, and their mindset. I obviously work with a lot of different people who have athlete brain, and it's getting a feel for what are their motivations. Um, If they were a gymnast, for example, that tells me they're probably a really high tension athlete. They hold a lot of tension in their glutes, a lot of tension in their abs. And okay, these are some things that we might have to down train. They might have a hypertonic or tight pelvic floor, but really the pelvic floor has to know how to coordinate and relax just as much as we have been told that it has to be like strong and tight and do kegels and all of that stuff. So again, there's so many extremes and misinformation out there. It's about having a coordinated core system. So that's just one example, but a lot of my CrossFitters also super hypertonic pelvic floor and it has, they have to know how to downtrain that system and then also make adjustments to how they're training. So again, if they have this really tight pelvic floor and now we're adding a lot of impact, that's when we see people who experience incontinence or if they are a power lifter or Olympic lifter or CrossFitter, just anybody who is used to lifting pretty heavy. Oftentimes we have all been taught to Valsalva with a variety of loads, not just super heavy ones. And so between the positional adjustments and breathing adjustments that need to be made, some people may be more predisposed to a diastasis, which is a separation of the left and right sides of the abdominal wall um, at the midline. So that connective tissue spreads to accommodate the growth of the baby during pregnancy. It is hundred percent normal. And every single pregnant person will experience diastasis in pregnancy. That does not mean that it's going to be a problem or that there's anything wrong with it. It's simply an adaptation our body makes. And with that sentiment, if we're constantly contributing to high pressure strategies, for example, a really thrusted rib cage with a big breath hold and a really heavy load, we're putting a lot of strain and pressure on that midline. And that's what we have to pay attention to when I talk about understanding your, your predispositions and your tendencies, and then how you go about making some adjustments early in pregnancy so that this can be practiced over and over throughout pregnancy, which then sets you up for your postpartum recovery because it's not a steep learning curve when you're in the trenches of being a new mom. So these are some things to be aware of. What, how does my like training habits, breathing, positional, all of these different things, tension habits, how does this influence my changing body during pregnancy? And then we have to understand their fitness preferences. So if you tell a runner not to run, they're going to be annoyed and they're going to want to, they're going to, want to keep running. And when doctors say that CrossFit is dangerous and they absolutely should not lift over 20 pounds in pregnancy, that doesn't make sense either. There's no evidence to support that whatsoever, um, unless there are any kind of uh, predispositions or complications and things like that, which is not the conversation we are having right now. I'm talking a lot more broadly, Um, but it's understanding like who this person is. What do they want to do? What do they enjoy doing? Not just what my bias is as a coach, but how can I help them keep doing the activities they enjoy doing during pregnancy? We know that it's healthy for mom. We know that it's healthy for baby. And the majority of pregnant and postpartum athletes do not need to be convinced that exercise is good. Like we know this, we don't, we don't have to be, we don't have to buy in. Like we bought in a long time ago and the research supports this. 
unfortunately, the research is pretty short-sighted in just trying to convince people that exercise is good. But since we know that, it's being able to say, yes, exercise is good. Yes, exercise is safe. And we have to be able to connect the dots between torn pelvic health, psychology, and long-term athletic performance. And that's honestly the focus that my business takes is to say, yes, it's healthy. Yes, yes, it's safe. And we don't have to take things to the extreme in order to be a female athlete pursuing fitness during pregnancy, postpartum, and across our lifespan. So within those seasons, we have to make adjustments that accommodate the changes to our body, not just essentially make choices that um, feed our ego. We have to feed our long-term goals and needs and current, um, just like current body, right? Current state of being. So we need to understand what their fitness preferences are, keep them in the environment that they enjoy, but now start to introduce um, ways to adjust some of those tendencies we just talked about. How to breathe differently, knowing if maybe they're really predisposed for diastasis. Say somebody who has twins and she was a gymnast growing up, okay, like she probably is gonna have a pretty significant diastasis. So we have to downtrain some of her pressure tendencies because again, with twins, you're going to have a pretty significant diastasis. And that is, again, very, very expected and normal. So let's not add to it more than what is already going to naturally occur. So we can make some adjustments to how exercises are performed, what the routine is, what the frequency is, what the loads are, et cetera. Um, and that way we're keeping them in the environment that they enjoy doing, but we're making some necessary adjustments based on their body, based on their history, based on what they want to do after and based on just what their overall tendencies are now, which is why there's no one size fits all do this, don't do that approach. After that, we have to accommodate some programming. And again, programming looks different for everybody. So for the sake of this podcast, I am going to talk about like strength and conditioning programming because that is fairly broad and can be applied in a lot of different ways. But essentially, it's adjusting the volume, the intensity, the loads, uh, the positions, the range of motion, all of those things as pregnancy continues. Traditionally, we have been taught about progressive overload, which means doing more, adding more challenge over time, slowly, consistently making progress. And during pregnancy, we have to think about this macro cycle, essentially, of our training in a way that is like a gradual deload over time. So instead of a progression, there's a lot of, there's seasons of maintenance and then there's like regressions. And that doesn't have to be a negative thing. I understand that it sounds um, like there's a negative connotation with that. But during this season, it is not about maintaining throughout the entire time or doing what you were doing prior. It's about gradually making adjustments to accommodate the dramatic changes to your body. And what those needs are, because again, as pregnancy continues, baby gets bigger, your body structure changes, your hormones are changing, your um, tissues are being stretched, midline, pelvic floor, et cetera. All of those things have added pressure and added demands. Therefore, exercise has to be adjusted for our continually evolving bodies. And that is okay. We also have to take into account the energy that will ebb and flow through pregnancy. It's not just the first trimester where people can feel super tired and fatigued or nauseous. For some, that might be a state that they experience throughout their whole pregnancy. Um, or maybe they have they feel good 
throughout, but it's just not the same kind of output. So there are a variety of factors that need to be considered in training, but I would encourage you to think about doing less over time instead of doing more over time because you have nothing to prove to yourself or anybody else during this season. And we have to shift our thinking into preservation of our long-term core pelvic health and long-term athletic performance needs and goals. Checking in and adapting. And that's something that I would do as a coach, but I know not everybody has a coach that they're working with. This is where I could totally, I'm going to plug actually working with a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. That means they have gone through my coaching certification and have very, very extensive knowledge about training during pregnancy and postpartum, especially when it comes to athletic performance and core and pelvic health. So being able to check in and adapt your training by having a professional to kind of ask these questions to is super helpful. But even if you don't have that, check in with yourself. And I always like to say, like, if you have to second guess if something, if you should or shouldn't be doing something right now, in particular in pregnancy, then you already have your answer. If you are taking the time to send me a message and say, hey, Brie, like I'm thinking about doing X, Y, or Z. I'm thinking about competing. I'm thinking about, should I do this workout? Should I do this movement? Should I do whatever? Like if you're taking the time to question that or to message me, then you probably already have your answer, right? Like our bodies are very intuitive and we, and if it's, if there poses like a risk, is it really worth it for that temporary dopamine hit that we get, right? Like, trust me, when you delay the dopamine, it'll hit so much better <laughs> later on. And obviously that can be applied to a lot of different things, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of value in not pushing boundaries during pregnancy because those like save it push those boundaries when you are at a good place postpartum and it's going to feel so rewarding and be really really glad that you're able to trust a process that sometimes felt really frustrating and overwhelming but it does pay dividends later on and that is truly what this business is focused on and it's not to be a buzzkill about certain things it's really to help you shift how we think about pregnancy and postpartum on behalf of this lifetime of athleticism that I talked about all the time. Okay. So that was the pregnancy framework. So again, just to recap that it's reviewing athletic history and their goals, and then it's acknowledging experiences, predispositions, tendencies, and mindset. It's understanding your fitness preferences it's creating programming that is um, adaptable for your changing body and needs. And then it's checking in and adapting as needed during this season. And basically rinse and repeat. So for postpartum, there's a lot of the same themes actually. And it starts with, instead of like athletic history per se, it's thinking about reviewing what their pregnancy was like. How did they feel? How did they train during pregnancy? What was their birth experience like? And these things are going to give me a lot of feedback on what they need. If she pushed for four hours, like I know that her pelvic floor is in a very vulnerable state. Even if she's cleared for exercise six weeks postpartum, no, no, no. That pelvic floor had a baby sitting on top of it for like nine months. And then she had to push for four hours. So it was under a lot of stress and tension and pressure for a very, very long time. Oh, she tore. Oh, she had an episiotomy, this or that. Like there's just a lot of trauma that happens to the pelvic floor, even in births that people tell me are uncomplicated. 
And then if somebody has a C-section too, that is a major surgery. It does not need to have the amount of fear and misinformation that it has around it, but it is something that requires, um, you know, incisional healing, wound healing considerations, um, sensitivity, potentially trauma, like, but that's for vaginal and cesarean birth. So there's a lot of feelings and a lot of considerations for what the body has experienced after birth. Again, this is not just talking about a traumatic birth, all birth, all birth requires a significant physiological recovery process and with or without interventions, it's still a really big deal. And that's what I want you to hear with this is it's still a really big deal and can help guide some of the approach to returning to fitness postpartum. When I'm working with my professional athletes, they're always like, well, like, okay, so I know we know we've made all these adjustments during pregnancy, but when do you think I'll be able to start doing X, Y, or Z again, postpartum? And I said, talk to me after you've had your baby. And then I might know, right? Like I might have a better idea to gauge what that process looks like after I know what their birth experience was. And again, that is like, you could have a C-section and be good to go before somebody who had a natural, uncomplicated vaginal birth. So there is no like, I get out of jail free card really with birth. It's all so, so, so individual. Um, There's just a lot of tendencies that we see when we're working with pregnant and postpartum athletes, because we really haven't been taught that birth is a big deal and that it requires something that requires a rehabilitation process. Yet if we had shoulder surgery done, we would have a full rehab plan, right? And we would be referred to the PTs and the people that could help us with that recovery. And then we would have a coach that we could talk to and say like, oh yeah, I had shoulder surgery six weeks ago. And you know what they wouldn't have you do? They wouldn't have you load up a barbell and, you know, start doing like clean and jerks. Like they just wouldn't. They would know, okay, we got to start with some really simple movements to get range of motion back and to build up strength and to build a capacity. And then we'll build up explosiveness. Okay. So like we can see that when it comes to orthopedic considerations, but for some reason we look at like birth in the pelvic floor and the abdominal wall, which has gone through significant structural change, physiological change, et cetera, trauma of a baby coming out. And for some reason we can't see the significance of that. So it does require a rehabilitative process. Again, even if you feel okay, it's more about like, how can I set myself up to feel really good, not just early postpartum, but to continually feel good as we age, as we pursue a variety of fitness, um, it's being able to give ourselves the best chance at that. And the next one is then acknowledging core and pelvic health symptoms and predispositions. So again, how long did she push for? What symptoms did she have during pregnancy? If she had a C-section, like how is her sensitivity around that area um, of the incision? Again, what was her athletic history? Was she a gymnast? Was she a CrossFitter? Is she a power lifter? Like what, what do I know about her and how she moves what's her tendencies and what that means now that the baby's here. And then we're looking into her rehab season. So again, that's connecting the dots with what she was doing prior, what her body needs right now based on the birth that she had and her unique tendencies and the things that maybe she's a little bit more predisposed to. We can talk, say, for example, the woman who had twins. Okay, she's probably gonna have a pretty significant diastasis and we really wanna try to improve that early on in her rehab process. So we got to do things that will challenge the midline, but in a way that won't just exaggerate how much pressure and tension is being put there. We want to encourage the 
midline it to like that to we want to encourage the density of the tissue of her midline we want to challenge her core but not in a way that is too much too soon for what it needs so it's a lot of just being really aware of your body and being aware of what your pelvic floor is ready for too so if you know you're cleared for exercise that doesn't mean just go out on a 3 mile run because you were doing that no problem prior to getting pregnant that's a lot of impact on the pelvic floor that is still healing. Yes. Even at six weeks postpartum, it's a lot of high impact repetitive motion. And that's a very, very challenging movement for the pelvic floor. It might not be athletically challenging, but it is for the isolated pelvic floor considerations. And I hope that's how you can go about thinking about rehab is it's not about like what you can do. Cause frankly, we can all sort of default and push and put our bodies into situations and movements and demands that we, we can handle. And is it serving us long-term? Like that's what we have to be able to check in with ourselves about during postpartum. Also, you are up against uh, a variety of new lifestyle changes, right? Like you're not getting a lot of sleep. You're potentially nursing, And if you're not nursing, you're still in charge of feeding this baby and it's hard. You're making a lot of adjustments to life, maybe going back to work, maybe being a stay-at-home parent. And it can just be a really overwhelming time where a lot of things are not the same. And that stress can sometimes also manifest in symptoms and you might feel heaviness. You might feel pressure in your vagina. You might feel like you are unable to hold your urine. You might actually be peeing your pants when you sneeze or when you cough, things like that. You might feel like your abs are just really sensitive or they're super bulgy and not just because you had a baby. Of course, the the structure and the the amount of fat that you have on your abdomen is going to be more than maybe what you were used to prior. All of these things are expected and very common. And there's a lot we can do to improve how we feel, improve the structure and um, the strength of our abdominal wall and pelvic floor, and then being able to coordinate that to match the tasks and demands of our activities, daily living, which then can build more into the kind of fitness that we want to do. Fitness is a vessel for being able to make improvements in our rehab, improve our activities of daily living, improve our quality of life, support our mental health, and pursue the things that we want to do. And we don't get all of that all at once. And we don't get all of that for, you know, you do my eight week postpartum training program, like, yeah, that'll help you make progress for sure. And that's not where it stops either. This is a gradually improved system and it's being able to make those small adjustments over a lot of time. Again, it's not just this six or eight week period. It's making gradual adjustments and progress as time goes on, when you are able to improve your symptoms through your rehab, when you've seen a pelvic floor physical therapist and they've given you solid feedback on this is what you have, this is what your current symptoms are, this is what we can do based on your unique tendencies, and being able to kind of check in, make necessary adjustments, make some movement recommendations, and dial that in before adding more challenge. Again, we know this in theory. It's just really hard to implement because a lot of us just want to feel like ourselves again. We just, just like, let me get back to this. Let me get back to doing that. And that's going to, that's going to solve it for me. Yes. And 
like on our way to pursuing those things, we will get there a lot faster with a lot more sustainability if we take the time to rebuild and get our athletic readiness there before just our like mental eagerness. All right. And then it's creating progressive and adaptive programming. So it's a lot of what I've just talked about, but it's saying like, okay, I've done my rehab. And instead of just going and trying to like deadlift really heavy again and see how soon I can hit a PR postpartum, it's really like working at consistent, basic fitness, well-rounded, well-structured strength and conditioning, where you're not looking to lift heavy or to move super fast, but just building a well-rounded athlete right? Like that is what gets so, 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 so overlooked with working with female athletes, especially during this season, as they just want to do their thing again, whatever that thing might be. It might be CrossFit. It might be running. It might be triathlons. It might be jujitsu, whatever it might be. And before you get into some of those specific goals and interests and routines, again, that are very specific to you and your desires, you need to be a well-rounded athlete first. And that's not just, um, postpartum related, that is post-injury, that is post-life event, that is post-sickness, that is post-everything. Like, I think that every woman, oh, I guess I'd be careful with how I say this, but like, if you want to be the athlete that you want to be and do the things that you want to do, you need to be versatile, you need to be ready, and you need to put in the time in order to be those things first. You don't just jump into that. And postpartum highlights such a vulnerable time in our thinking and our approach because we so desperately want to feel like ourselves that we tend to push things too fast, too soon before our body's ready. And then at a six months postpartum or a year postpartum, you're experiencing symptoms or you might have a hip or foot injury, whatever things that just, you know, we did too much too soon when our body and lifestyle didn't really support it. So there is so much, um, There's so much wisdom that is gained and athletic maturity that is gained in our, like in our programming and how we approach that rebuild season postpartum. And this is a concept that I have from professional to novice people really try to embrace. It's like, you will get there and you won't get there well with, if you're skipping steps, like don't skip the steps, the steps. The steps will be what gets you there fastest. Okay. And then similar to pregnancy, it's checking in with yourself and making necessary adaptations. Okay. Because nothing about postpartum is linear. You don't like just continually get better. Some things might get better, but then there might be setbacks, whether that's symptoms or challenges with your baby or your life just has changed or maybe your career or your relationship. There are so many changes that are really, really, really highlighted uh, postpartum. I mean, that can even include like mental health and fat loss and aesthetic changes to your body. Like nothing is this straightforward linear process and you have to get really, really freaking good at surfing the highs and lows because that's exactly what it is. It's like learning how to like, it's learning. And this is so hard. So I just want to like say that it's just really, really hard, especially for my fellow athlete brains out there, learning to be adaptable and to not have rigid expectations for yourself or what you thought things were going to be like, uh, comparing it to other people and what their reality is versus yours. That is the one of the biggest mind fucks about becoming a mom, especially about being an athlete mom, because we are taught to like, if I do this, then 
I will get what I want, you know, do this and this will be the result. And that's just not how it works. That's not how it works here with um, being a pregnant and postpartum athlete and being an athlete mom. Welcome to a lot of changes that you're going to have to make in your approach and your relationship with your body and your relationship with fitness, food, all of these things get so freaking highlighted during pregnancy and postpartum and in your journey of being an athlete mom and how that evolves over time. Remember, different is not bad. Like different can be a really good thing. Different has been the biggest blessing of my entire life, even if I freaking fought it so hard for so long. And um, there's just a lot of value and understanding like when you have a little baby, you are in a very unique and different season in your lifetime of athleticism. And it can feel so, so, so all encompassing and frustrating and overwhelming and foreign, right? Like you don't know your body. You don't know your brain anymore. You don't know your life and your routine and everything is thrown. And the more, God, it's just, I know it sounds so annoying, like, but the more grace you can give yourself knowing that this is truly temporary and you will get better. Things will get better. Time helps a lot of things. Simple, like making, breaking things down in the simplest, uh, simplest way possible. Like if you're used to working out five days a week, that might not be practical for you right now. And that's okay. We have, um, I made a post about this, but it's like having our preferences and then we have our reality and you're going to be in certain seasons of life. And this isn't just limited to pregnancy and postpartum, but you're going to have different seasons where, you know, what your reality is, isn't what your preference is. How do we make it work? How do we get so freaking good at being adaptable athletes that we can make good enough actually be good enough. And that is something that will serve you across your lifetime of athleticism. And I freaking promise you that I am nine years postpartum from my first five from my second and have had a variety of life happen during those times, not just the actual seasons of pregnancy and postpartum, but just like true life events and hard things and variables that just did not align with what my preference was, but had to get good at what my reality was, had to own what my reality was at all different points in time. And learning how to be that kind of athlete, the one who just embraces the reality and does what they can with what they have, that will give you the best shot at pursuing this lifetime of athleticism because you know how to ride the waves. You know how to ride the waves of, you know, expectation versus reality of idealistic and what season you're actually in, right? Preference versus reality. You've got to get good at riding those waves. And sometimes it does take pregnancy and postpartum to kind of highlight our first time of like, oh, like, yeah, not everything is in my control, right? Not everything is going to be and feel and go the way that I normally wanted it to. And just because I did everything right, doesn't always mean I'm going to get this result or, or what, like there's just no, there's so much nuance. There's so much gray area and you have to get excellent, excellent over time at learning to surf in the gray area. And again, it is not easy. And I say this because I try to just be really direct and real with people, give you permission to learn so much about your body, so much about your relationship with training, what your goals are and what you actually want versus what you think you want right now. Like it's really like these bigger picture conversations 
a huge time of self-development and growth. And yeah, it is that hard. And I promise you it is freaking worth it. I am finally like in a season again, not just because of motherhood, like just business and life events and so much shit where I'm like, finally, I think that like my preference for how I really want to train is aligned with my reality. And that's not a guarantee that's going to last. I mean, it just like won't, right? Like, but right now I get to enjoy this season where, man, for the first time in a very long time, I'm able to train and kind of like have the fitness lifestyle that I really enjoy and like, and it's not being continually sacrificed, right? Or accommodated based on everybody else's need or this or that. So again, this is something that ebbs and flows. And if we are trying to be people that are pursuing this lifetime of athleticism, it doesn't end when we become mothers. It just looks slightly different and it can be better. It will be better because we get better. We get better. We become more adaptable. We become more resilient and we gain so much athletic maturity during these seasons when we can set our ego aside and embrace who we are and who we are becoming. That concludes this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to that helps people find this podcast and this information. Um, If you're not already following me on Instagram, that's at brianna.battles. The brand page is at pregnant.postpartum.athlete. And if you are a pregnant or postpartum athlete looking for programs, fitness programs to help you train through pregnancy, make sure you check those out. They'll be linked in my show notes, the pregnant athlete training program and an eight-week postpartum athlete training program both help navigate all of these seasons of programming um, and adjustments needed for your body right now and long-term. And if you have ever considered wanting to learn more about coaching this population and being that person that they check in with who can make some of these recommendations, I would love to have you become a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Um, You can find that link in the show notes as well. If you are looking to pursue a lifetime of athleticism, you're not pregnant, you're not postpartum, maybe you're between, maybe you're done and you just want a really trustworthy, well-rounded strength conditioning program to follow. I also have that for you. It's called the Practice Brave Fitness Program. And I mean, it's a monthly workout program and it gives you three to four workouts per week for you to do. Just really well-rounded, whole body, versatile athleticism approach. And that officially, I think, summarizes what I want you to know and the resources that we have. You can check out my website, www.briannabattles.com for more information. And if you enjoyed this episode... Thank you for being here. Like, thank you for listening to this whole thing. And uh, I would love your feedback. So thank you again for listening. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. 
If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.